Hello, I'm Bill Swafford, and it's time to put your investigative minds to work and help solve Code Ohio. 911, what is the address of your emergency? Where are we? Officer suspect taking off from Lake Street, sir. Go. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Code Ohio. Code Ohio is where I do 10 to 15 minute episodes about unsolved homicide cases in the state of Ohio. Right now, I am going to talk about the Daywan Harris case. This case is out of Dayton in Montgomery County. I have talked about Dayton before in the Larry Axel episode. Dayton is the home of the Wright Pat Air Force Base, Wright State University, UD University. They actually hold the first four games of March Madness. In Dayton, Ohio. Now on this case, unfortunately, I have to say that I believe that the family members of the victim made a few mistakes when they found the body. However, sometimes what appear to us as simple mistakes or misjudgment could be well thought out decisions. Daywan Harris was a 22-year-old black male. He lived in an apartment on Kingston Drive in Dayton. This would be on the northwest part of Dayton. So north of State Route 35 and west of Interstate 75. Daywan had a two-year-old daughter who I believe was not living with him at this time back in 2012. I do believe that law enforcement might have been keeping an eye on the apartment. Law enforcement has said that there had been a lot of traffic in and out of that apartment. Usually when law enforcement talk about a lot of foot traffic in and out of a residence, that means that some kind of drug deals are possibly being made inside of the residence. Unfortunately, in Dayton, just like all cities, some young people do attempt the drug trade. Now, even at the age of 22, a lot of traffic going in and out of apartment could possibly mean that there was a lot of parties going on. But parties usually don't happen every single day. And as a podcaster, looking into these unsolved cases, I look at both the good and the bad. If this was a case of a drug deal gone wrong, then trying to cover up what the victim might have been up to will only keep any case from getting solved. Okay, so I'm going to talk about March 10th of 2012. This case happened 10 years ago. Around 6 a.m. on the morning of March 10th, Daywan's mom had received a phone call. Caller was an unknown male. Caller simply said, he's on Kingston. The caller was basically telling the mom where to find her son. Her name is LaWanda Harris. At some point, LaWanda and her daughter, Daywan's sister, go over to Daywan's apartment to check up on him. There's nothing saying whether or not they tried calling Daywan before going over to the apartment. I'm sure that they did. 
LaWanda and her daughter say that when they first got there, the lights were on, the door was closed, and they saw blood on the glass. I am thinking that they are talking about the glass on the door. This is where I feel LaWanda and her daughter made their first mistake. They entered the apartment without notifying law enforcement that something was not right at Daywan's apartment. They took a chance of smearing fingerprints that might have been left on the door from whoever was the last one to leave the apartment. They already had a reason to call law enforcement to do a welfare check on Daywan. They had the mysterious phone call and blood on the glass. Once they were inside of the apartment, they noticed that Daywan was sitting on the couch. However, he was tipped over. They called out his name, but no response. Daywan's eyes were opened. At this time, they still did not call law enforcement, which I do not understand why unless they did not want law enforcement involved at this time. Here's where I believe another mistake was made. LaWanda had gone over to the couch and had moved Daywan's body. That is when they had seen blood and noticed that Daywan had been shot in the head. Here is another part where I believe LaWanda and her daughter made a mistake. They tried to carry Daywan's body out to their car. That is when the daughter, Daywan's sister, finally called law enforcement. There was something about trash being all over the apartment, which probably means that Daywan was not much for cleaning up, or there might have been a fight or a party. The coroner said that Daywan had been dead for at least two hours before being found by his mom and sister. So this could have happened around 3 or 4 in the morning. Law enforcement interviewed witnesses and at least two people were identified as people of interest, but no arrest has ever been made in this case. Detectives say that this was somehow drug related. The Harris family say that Daywan was drug free. The family says that this was possibly over a car deal gone wrong. Not too many people get shot in the head while sitting on a couch over a bad car deal. Maybe over a bad drug deal, but not too often over a car deal. I understand that the family does not want people to think badly of Daywan. However, covering up what he possibly was up to is not going to help solve this case. The apartment where this happened was eventually tore down. A field is the only thing left in the empty lot. The call that was made at 6 a.m. on March 10th does not sit well with me. Why would a killer make this call? The call would only make a person believe that the caller knew the family in some kind of a way. I feel the person behind the call had to be a friend or family member. Or the killer was someone young and freaked out when they realized what they had done. Then that person did what they could think of to try and fix the situation. Law enforcement would like to talk to anyone who might have also been there at the apartment around the time Daywan was murdered. 
whoever shot Dave Wan was up close and personal. And I'm figuring that the person was probably standing up while Daywan was sitting at the couch. This could have been an argument gone wrong, whether it could have been over drugs, car deal, no matter what. You know, it sounds like a deal had gone wrong or something. And somebody apparently stood up and shot Daywan while he was sitting on the couch. I would like to say I don't believe Lawanda and her daughter did anything wrong with how they handled finding Daywan. Because we all would freak out finding a family member in this situation. However, if they would have called police sooner and left the body alone, maybe law enforcement would have found some more clues, had more evidence, and would have had a better understanding of the crime scene and what could have happened to Daywan Harris on March 10th of 2012. Daywan only got to experience a little bit of adulthood for a short time. No matter what the reason was, no matter what Daywan was caught up in, 22-year-old Daywan Harris did not deserve to be gunned down like that on March 10th of 2012. If you have any information on the Daywan Harris case, please contact the Dayton Police Department. If you would like to talk about this case or any other case with me, feel free to contact me at podcast at Outlook.com or find me on Twitter. If you are listening from the Dayton, Ohio area, please share this episode with everyone that you know. Getting these cases heard and not forgotten is how we all can help all these unsolved cases. And please don't forget to subscribe to Code Ohio to keep up with all of the cold cases coming out of the Buckeye State of Ohio. Thanks for listening. I am Bill Swafford, and I have been your host for this episode of Code Ohio. 911, what is the address of your emergency? Where are we? Officer, suspect, take my phone on the way. Need your assistance.